This podcast is brought to you by Somi Docs. Somi Docs is a public platform showcasing real, verified doctors and their work. They feature a truly unique data bank where journalists, startups looking for advisors, podcasts, event organizers, patients, and even other doctors can reach out to members. They feature articles written by doctors, as well as lectures given by doctors. Their ultimate goal is to help promote real doctors' voices in order to help promote their autonomy. Find their work at doctorsonsocialmedia.com. The physician sits in her office, typing quickly on her computer, finishing the chart of the patients she had seen from the middle of the day. She looks down on her watch and sees that she's already missed the start of her kid's soccer game. She really wanted to make sure she got to this one, she thought to herself. She finishes the chart and sees several more charts pending. She decides to finish the rest of the charts later and rushes to her daughter's soccer game. After the game, she quickly puts together dinner and helps her daughter with homework. After the kids are off to bed, she opens her laptop to finish the notes from earlier today. She looks at the clock and hopes to finish in time to catch up on sleep and continues to type. Welcome to The Hurt by Dr. Mira Kirpaker and Dr. Alopi Patel. We are the female pain docs. This is a platform to contribute to the public discourse on women's pain and general health. We are here to empower women and men to engage in the advancement of their health with discussions of evidence-based medicine, unconventional topics, lifestyle modifications, and more. The views contained in this podcast are our personal views and do not represent the views of our institutions. This does not substitute medical advice. Please be evaluated by a physician if necessary. Welcome back to another special episode of The Hurt Podcast by The Female Pain Docs. Today, we're going to talk with Dr. Dana Coriel. Dr. Coriel is a traditionally trained internal medicine physician who swapped her clinical practice for digital entrepreneurship and innovation. She has an immense talent for design and content creation, with which she has built an online platform to promote healthcare innovation and businesses called SoMeDoc, otherwise known as Social Media Docs. She helps individuals and companies figure out next steps in the ever-expanding digital world. Her ultimate mission is to promote doctor autonomy, build a community of forward-thinking professionals, and provide cross-pollination of ideas to advance healthcare for the greater community and patients everywhere. Dr. K and I have had the privilege to collaborate with Dr. Coriel before, and we are always learning so much from her. She's an inspiration to physicians everywhere that we too can be physicians and diversify our work to include our passions, whether that's education or content creation or public speaking. So we're really excited to have Dr. Coriel on for today. Welcome, Dr. Coriel. We are thrilled to have you on our episode today. So I am really excited to discuss how patients and healthcare professionals alike can think outside the box to disrupt healthcare. And you, of all people, have so much expertise in that. So before we start, let's define for our listeners what we mean by disrupting healthcare. Sure. So for me, I think everyone sort of has their own definition of what that means. But for me, disrupting healthcare means um, thinking of a different way uh, to deliver health uh, and doing that in a way um, that is beneficial to not only the patient, but also to the players within healthcare that are delivering that care. That's a great way to put it. So it's a way for physicians to be an active part of the healthcare system rather than passive sort of providers of medicine. 
And I think that's a big part of, um, of healthcare in general, you were saying? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I think that healthcare disruption doesn't necessarily even have to come just from doctors. I think that the audience, the population at large, can actually help us to disrupt healthcare. And that's the crux of some of what I've built around my company, SomiDocs, is that I want us to be able to speak to not only each other about the things that aren't working in healthcare, we actually need the general public to see that and to understand what's broken and then how it's going to affect their health. Because at the end of the day, it's only when they recognize that their health is going to be affected by the breaks in healthcare that they're going to join us in advocating for change. Absolutely. I think you were right on on the point over there. And physician burnout has been such a buzzword recently, right? So do we think that physician burnout is associated to a certain degree with the lack of autonomy in the healthcare system or some, you know, some points that can be improved within the healthcare system? Without a doubt, absolutely. Um, I think that, yes. I mean, there's no question in my mind that the lack of autonomy is at the root of our collective burnout, even if individually we have our own reasons why we are burning out, why we're retired, why we're looking for something different, or why we just want to retire early. So yes, I think that not being autonomous as we once were uh, is exactly why we are burning out individually and as a profession. And you mentioned that, you know, many people can be a part of this change, including patients. What are some ways that patients can also be aware of how they can help change healthcare and then also how physicians can help change healthcare? From a patient perspective, it's tough, right? Because patients are many times helpless, unfortunately, with the big structures, the behemoths that are actually deciding things for them. And I'm referring to, for example, a lot of the middlemen, what I call middlemen that are sometimes necessary, many times necessary, but not necessarily necessary in the extent to which they've made themselves necessary. Meaning we sometimes feel like, well, what do you mean? Health insurance, you have to have health insurance. Well, that's not really the case anymore because doctors are getting fed up and they are finding solutions to the insurances being an issue. And they are creating private practices, for example, that are extremely affordable for patients and work without insurance. So that's one example. Another example is the health systems that are becoming behemoths and are really tying the doctors down to the point where they are not happy working within the systems. Uh, again, we need hospitals. Of course we do. But do we need systems? Like, do we need these fraternities and sororities that like, you know, ding you if you refer to someone outside of their network because you truly believe it's a great doctor that will help that patient, but you can't do that because you're like committing faux pas. There's a lot of ways that physicians can change things that we can talk about, but for patients, it's very difficult. So what I suggest is an initial start is that you um, start listening, you start consuming the resources that doctors like myself and many others like me are starting to put out there, starting to be vocal about. On SomiDocs, there is a section, there is a magazine where the doctors are the writers, and a lot of them are writing commentaries about why we are unhappy, what doesn't work, why it translates into poor patient outcomes and patient health. And that is the best way for the public, at least now, to start. Obviously, eventually, it will be in things like voting and in things like helping us politically to change the landscape so that 
I mean, I have to say it as it is, right? So that the doctors that have trained for so many years and have committed their lives to bettering your health so that they're happy and healthy because you want them staying in medicine. I want my doctor staying in medicine so that they can make me a healthier person. So to me, that's how the public can help. I think that was so important what you mentioned. We think that we don't have control whether we are receivers of healthcare or givers of healthcare, we think that we don't have control for change, but we really do. We can advocate for our patients and we can also advocate for our physicians, right? So that's a good way for our patients or listeners to understand that they too can help speak up on behalf of physicians in the healthcare system. You know, on that note, I was wondering, are there ways for for patients perhaps to, to participate in like research or startups or anything like that, that might be um, up and coming to disruptors of healthcare, for example? Yes, there are a lot of ways. Um, the question is just, the problem is just that every startup is individual in how it sets it up. Like every startup has its own business model. So that's why for me, um, this social media space is so important important because it's a way to get out there and actually start meeting um, these startups and these ideas and these innovators that would normally be behind closed doors that you aren't necessarily privy to. Now, what is what, what was always frustrating for me and why I built my company, SomiDocs, is that it is not easy to find. Even if you go to LinkedIn, even if you go to Facebook, you're not necessarily going to find what you need very easily, right? So some people will say, well, I could just Google that. But you can't, because if you think about how Google works, Google is an entrepreneurial venture and it will show you the promoted, right? It'll show you the things that um, either pay it money to rise up to the top or those that have sort of beat the system and have SEO perfect. And we all know that a lot of times SEO is perfect when you spend millions of dollars on SEO and startups don't have those millions. So thereby lies that catch 22 of finding the exact resources that we need to make change. And part of that is that I do see so many amazing individual change makers within healthcare, including yourself, right? Like you went out and you are taking your very busy schedule and you're carving out time to build a podcast to get information out there. Well, there's you and there's many, many others that are doing it differently, but are also doing incredible things. But where are people going to find you? Like, how is someone like you going to advertise when you're not a behemoth? You're a doctor that's working, I want to say a nine to five, but we both know that that's not true, working crazy hours to heal patients and don't have time to optimize your SEO and get your stuff out there, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where I created SoMeDocs in order to centralize a space on a website that's beautiful, that hopefully is great and fun to use, um, and where people really resources for health and healthcare are categorized in ways that make sense. And in a fun way, because I do think that when people go on our website to doctorsonsocialmedia.com, they are taking on an adventure. They're going in and they're going, okay, now, am I a doctor or general audience? And when they go in, they'll see that there's just a plethora of options depending on their needs. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's that in a nutshell. And how can patients utilize the resources on your website? 
Great question. Well, we have a dual audience set up on SomiDocs. One is the healthcare professional themselves, and one is the general audience, the patients that we are talking about, and also other people. I mean, uh, professionals like journalists, event organizers, podcasters, et cetera, can use it as well as general audience. Um, you go to the website, there's a menu on the top, and it's either you, there's doctors and there's general audience. You pick general audience, and then you get a drop down, and you get to choose from there. Do you want to click into the magazine? That's where doctors are writing their articles. You can further, when you go into the magazine, niche down the category based on what you're looking for or interested in. Um, there's a data bank. The data bank is really like no other data bank out there, and it categorizes doctors not only based on their specialty, their location, et cetera, but also based on their, again, their side gigs. Are they podcasters? Have they written a book? Are they speakers um, on their practice type? Am I a DPC physician? Physician? Am I a physician working for a hospital, uh, et cetera? Uh, it's just a very unique way of categorizing doctors and being connected with them quickly. Um, there's also a brand new, really exciting lecture section. This to me is gold. It's where the doctor will commit to an hour in Zoom to actually lecturing on a specific subject. And when you click into it, you can actually use the filter to let us know if you are a general audience member or a health professional, and it will filter out the lectures and show them to you. And you literally can come and join a Zoom live for free. And you, you can soak in everything that the doc, not only soak it in, we tape it like a television show. You can also stay there and ask questions in the live Q&A that follows. And then we have something called On Demand, where if you missed a live, but you really, really want to learn the information, someone just lectured about menopause, another doctor about sleep, you can access them on demand for a, a lot of times it's for a small fee, uh, but it's definitely accessible. And the nice part is that the physician that took out the time makes uh, money for that talk. Uh, and so does SomiDocs. We have a revenue share. So it's really a fair model uh, and it's fair to everybody all around. Uh, and then we have a, you know, beyond exam room section where we really categorize doctors and some of their side ventures. Uh, for example, the communities that they've built and they lead, you know, did a doctor start a Facebook group that maybe pertains to you, um, to some of the podcasts we build like yours, to us as speakers, to us as writers, what are the books and blogs that we're writing, um, to us as coaches. Um, so, and again, we're constantly growing. And I think that the general public really has a lot of content to sift through, but I'm hoping that it's categorized based on their needs. I think it's amazing what you're doing because as physicians, I think sometimes we're an enigma to patients. And, you know, we, we often have a, a role of that we're privileged to be in, like the figure of authority. But at the same time, with your website and with the resources on your website, more importantly, it makes us approachable. Patients can understand who their physicians are, what they're doing, and easily access information, including lectures. So I really do like what you're doing because patients can see us in a different light. We too are humans. We too have our own passions and side gigs, um, as you put it. You did mention DPC. I wanted to just quickly go back to that. Can you explain that to our listeners? Because I think that's a very important part of medicine that's changing. I can, absolutely. Now, I am in no way, shape, or form an expert in DPC. Um, I do have a private practice section of Doctors on Social Media, and we also have a video series that um, is 
called Their DPC Stories, um, featuring Dr. Marial Concepcion as the host. And I think off the top of my head, 10 or 12 physicians that are practicing in DPC. So you can go there and actually get, um, watch videos of doctors who are actually practicing in that model. But from my understanding, it's a uh, just a different type of delivery care system uh, where the insurance company is removed usually. Uh, that's, from my understanding, what makes it different than a concierge care where a doctor uh, still takes insurance. In this model, um, it's very similar to a gym membership. It's an affordable monthly payment where you have a closer contact with the doctor because again, all of that middle excess, all that middle unnecessary crap, excuse my French, is gone. Uh, a lot of DPC doctors will even give out their personal cell numbers because they find that um, it is a model where there is not that you know, the same type of potential like abuses of personal phone numbers that you would find in hospital systems because the patient load is much less. Because you're now guaranteed uh, monthly income from patients and you don't have to worry about reimbursements and about all that extra layers that have to be hired just to figure out all the steps of insurances, prior offs, et cetera. Um, it enables doctors to have a closer relationship with patients. It enables them to be closer to them and to allow them to be reached in much simpler ways. Um, and it is a care model that is not only uh, becoming popular among generalists like, like myself, like internists and family medicine and pediatricians, but now there's even specialty care models that are uh, figuring out how to develop the direct model care and make it work for them. So it's an exciting uh, development in the field of healthcare. Uh, and it is something that, again, everybody is welcome to uh, read more about in doctorsonsocialmedia.com under private practice. And hopefully we will have more and more resources for that. And again, a great way for patients to understand the other side of medicine, right? That as much as physicians are delivering care, the mode of how they're delivering, whether it's an academic center, private equity, or DPC is important because they might have different accessibility to the physician. A hundred percent. And just to say one last thing, I'm sorry to interrupt you. It brings back that like mom and pop feel of yesteryear of the healthcare relationship that at least I envision in my head or I envisioned when I went into medicine, it was to be able to like make it all warm and fuzzy with a patient that comes in and knows me and knows that I am looking out for them at the end of the day. Um, it also lessens things like liability. It lessens the litigious nature of our society and how it has become it is so gross, the litigious nature of our society and, and of healthcare in, in general, that I'm hoping it will at least begin to address that in that if you form a closer relationship with your doctor, you're less likely to believe that they've done something intentional in one way or another. And there's more time to spend with a patient as well. So. Absolutely. I think you, you mentioned some really important points. Um, how do you see healthcare changing in other ways over the next few years? Oh, wow. So many different ways. Uh, okay. I think that the introduction of social media as a concept for quicker communication is a double-edged sword. It presents so many different hurdles for the physician that has trained so, so hard, has spent so, so many years 
in training to be where they are today, um, only to be challenged by new online brands that are claiming to be expert in health. And they now find themselves competing for patient attention, competing for patient attention, even if a patient is still their patient, but comes in through the door and they have to spend 10 minutes out of the allotted 15 minutes that a system has given you convincing patients that Dr. Google was not right, right? Convincing patients that what they found in their Google search was not correct, or maybe is correct in some ways, but not in your specific situation. Um, so I think that that is a big hurdle um, to get past. Uh, I do think that we will slowly, I don't, I don't think that it's going away. So I do think that we need to slowly figure out how to empower patients. And that comes in the SOMEDOCS website and in categorizing and in the verification and letting you know that every doctor on our website has been vetted as being a real medical doctor so that you can feel secure about clicking into their site and knowing that you're following someone that has a medical degree. Beyond that, I can't promise anything. I could just promise that they've earned a medical degree. And there's, again, nothing that we can do about Google being here. We can just empower patients and likewise, we can empower the doctors and we can approach healthcare in a different way. And that's where the disrupting in healthcare comes in. We can disrupt healthcare by stepping out of the traditional medicine box and by saying, how do we fit ourselves into this new healthcare landscape where our beloved patients are turning to the online world to get answers rather than coming in to see us. That's what we need to figure out and solve. And I'm hoping to help to offer solutions for that. So transparency is what you're alluding to, especially in a in a landscape where there are so many layers of confusion in terms of who is treating a patient perhaps, or what degrees they may have, or specialization, certifications, whatever it may be. So transparency is very important in the delivery of of safe um, healthcare. Yeah, part of that is transparency. Absolutely. That's part of why I vet doctors and I have their degrees up on the top so that you can see those. Absolutely. Um, but part of that is also the physician kind of um, understanding that this is the world in which we practice today and the physician really getting motivated enough. And that's the, the key here because we are so burnt out already and we're so overworked oftentimes, especially when we work for systems oftentimes, that we still find the time to connect with a community like SomiDocs that has grown and share the tools that they've found to make the day-to-day -day easier so that we are happier and healthier. And the tools we have found to entrepreneurially grow so that we can continue to be valuable players, both in real life as the medical doctor and online where it is oftentimes opaque and not as transparent. Absolutely. Very good point. And to kind of veer away from, from clinical medicine, but something different that's been in the news recently, what are your thoughts on artificial intelligence and healthcare? It's still really early to tell because it could go so many different directions and so many different ways. I mean, artificial intelligence at the end of the day is meant to help us be quicker human beings. 
Um, it is meant to speed up processes, which can oftentimes be clunky um, and unnecessarily cumbersome. So from that perspective, AI is great. Um, from another perspective, AI is scary as hell. All you need to do is open Netflix and look at Black Mirror, look at one or two episodes and literally give yourself nightmares for weeks to come because it's such an amazing show. Um, but it also highlights some of the, just a few of the potential dangers of taking on AI as part of our lives. I don't know where AI is going to go. And at the end of the day, like are machines going to fully replace humans? Are they going, do they possess the compassion that I as an, an empathetic human being have for someone who maybe is sitting, is walking in as a patient and not just crying because crying, I think even a robot can detect that right through different ways, but through facial expressions, through the little blink of an eye when they're saying something that you pick up on as a human that can mean something through knowing them from visits before and knowing the nuances of how they are um, through making people feel warm and reaching out and giving them a hug. Uh, I'm not sure that no matter how sophisticated we get, uh, if a robot reaches out to me and gives me a hug, I, I think that there's some um, some greatness to that. It, it will offer some degree of consolation to be hugged by a uh, robot, but I don't think it's the same as knowing that the human understands me. Very interesting perspective. So to be determined, basically. Okay, so I love to end with this and it can be any piece of advice to our listeners. What would you give our listeners as a final piece of advice regarding healthcare and their physicians? That's a tough one. Uh, I myself, you know, have a hard time with that navigating through it as a patient myself. I would probably say be empowered. I really feel like every human out there, it doesn't matter if you are have a degree or not. I think every human should learn how to empower themselves. I think there is never anything wrong with asking questions. Um, I don't think anyone should stifle their voice or themselves. I think finding others that are open to those questions and help you, they're gold, hold on to them uh, and find someone that you connect with. Of course, you know, forgive them if they make mistakes, but find someone that you really click with, empower yourself and come in with the questions that you have and also support the medical community in understanding that is not it is not always up to them how long, for example, a visit is, and maybe they want to connect with you longer, but the system, the way it's run right now, does not permit them to do so. So just empowering yourself, but also putting yourself in the other person's shoes as you are being empowered. Excellent. That's absolutely true. Your your physicians are also humans, essentially. 100%. Okay. And if our listeners wanted to connect with you, where can they reach you? Absolutely. So I have a website that I keep trying to work on. Uh, that's called drcoriel.com. That's my my personal website. So drcoriel.com. I'm Dr. Coriel throughout social media. If they're interested in my, my company, it's Somedocs, S-O-M-E-D-O-C-S. And our website is doctorsonsocialmedia.com. And you can find us across social media with a handle Somedocs. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Coriel, for your time and lovely conversation. Me too. Thank you so, so much for having me on. We would love to hear your thoughts. Visit our Instagram at thefemalepaindocs for more content. Send us an email at thefemalepaindocs at gmail if you have any topics in particular you would like us to discuss. You can also visit our website 
at www.thefemalepaindocs.com. See you next time.